reports direct from Melbourne courtside and from our offices in New York City. It's the Australian Open edition of the Tennis.com podcast. And here's your host, Ed McGrogan. Hey everybody, uh, Tennis.com podcast here. I'm Ed McGrogan talking with Steve Tigner who's down at the Australian Open in Melbourne. Uh, it's Wednesday morning here in the States and uh, the big news in case some of you just woke up to it is Rafael Nadal is out of the tournament. Uh, there's going to be no Rafa slam. He went down in three sets to, of all people, David Ferrer. Um, it's, there's a sort of an asterisk to that in a way, though. Nadal was um, definitely injured. Uh, you know, I have to ask you about what you thought the actual problem was. You were there, Steve, for a bit. But um, he definitely suffered something really early in the match, like three games in, took an injury timeout. So why don't you just go over what uh, you saw down there uh, on the grounds? Yeah, he. Um, I, mean, I think it's the same that anybody saw it after he played a really long twenty-minute. Uh, the two of them played a twenty-minute, either second or third game. Second um, game. I think. Second game, I guess. Ferrer broke him, and then after, either that, after that game or the next game, no, again, Nadal came back and broke him, and then after that game, he looked up at at his box and just walked off the court. He gave a little look like. I don't know what's going on, or something happened, and um, then he got that. He got his hamstring taped, and he sort of made a few efforts to to get into the match. But Ferrer Ferrer was a terrible opponent for him to play because he hits a lot of balls and he made Nadal run, and there was really no no hope for Rafa. He he couldn't really push off, and he didn't have all of his he didn't have his legs. He made a few. A couple moments that it seemed like he might get back into it, but Ferrer, Ferrer never really. You know, you, you kind of expect somebody to, in that situation, to maybe have their own troubles because they get a little distracted by somebody who's injured. He didn't at all. He he played better, and he really he took he took any chance that Rafa had of getting into it and making it into something. That, away afterwards, Nadal didn't want to say what it was. He he said he was tired of losing because he has all these problems. He had a he had a flu in in um, Doha, and he didn't want to make another excuse. He said, "By the end, though, he said he said it might be a tear um, high up in his leg." Mm. Uh, yeah. So we'll see about that. He didn't really commit to playing any future tournaments. I'm not sure what his schedule is. I don't, I don't think he's playing anything upcoming. But yeah, but I, yeah, I, wouldn't he, think, uh, I wouldn't think he'd be on until Indian Wells anyway. Maybe yeah. like a like a random Rotterdam, but I think that's probably past his past his schedule now. So. Um, about Ferrer, yeah, I think the kind of guy who Nadal maybe could have got away from this would would be someone who would just be apt to, you know, someone who's traditionally a player who goes for a lot of shots. Um, and Ferrer is like you said, just a more percentage player um, and just kept the ball. That's not to say he didn't hit the ball like well. I mean, considering the circumstance, I I still thought he he played pretty well and. Uh, and yeah, I think he did. He played it smart. He moved Rafa, and he didn't miss. You know, he just didn't miss much. He doesn't miss much, and that was that was going to be trouble for Nadal. Yeah, yeah. What was the uh, what's the mood like down there? Yeah, the atmosphere was bad. It was so, it was really sort of shocking that you know maybe say last year this happened against Murray, but you sort of it's possible that Nadal could lose to Murray anyway, and he was losing that match to Murray when it happened. But this was against somebody that nobody expected him to lose to. And it was just after Murray had gotten through 
And so it looked like, all right, here's the last of the four to set up this great semifinal with four best players in the world, and Nadal is like the least likely guy of the four. So he'll go down, and then right at the start, then he plays a good game to break, and it looks like, okay, he's into the match. This is going to, you know, Ferrer's playing well, but looks like Rafa's in it now, and then suddenly just walks off, and there was this mood of sort of stunned, like, this is the end, this is how the potential Rafa slam's going to end? Like, this, how is this? Right. How is this yeah. happening? And then, but then, but there was also a hope until maybe the third set, or at least the thought that that Nadal would, okay, he's going to get back, and he's sort of feeling better, but, um, but then that got extinguished. Yeah, it just never really materialized. I was thinking about this, does the match, the way that this match all transpired, uh, because under normal circumstances, the player who ended up ending Rafa's chance to win the Rafa Slam would be canonized, and you would remember the result for for all of tennis eternity. Uh, does this? I, I think obviously this has a sort of a different feel to it. Uh, what do you think about this match? I guess in maybe when people look back at all, is it kind of one of those just things, freak occurrences that happened? I don't know. Like, yeah, I guess it goes historical a, perspective of it. I guess. I guess it goes along with Nadal's career. He he um, he plays in this sort of extreme style. We've talked about how he's going to wear down quickly. It seems like it's happening in a different way. It affects him in a different way. He's not wearing down so much as he just gets he um, he goes at it pretty hard. He gets he gets injured, and then he you know he he um, the last time he lost at a slam he. He pulled. He defaulted to um, to Murray last year. The, the slam before he had an injury against Del Potro, and the slam before that he pulled out of Wimbledon. So he has these extreme sort of problems. Whereas somebody like Federer gets gets hurt, but he doesn't. Or maybe he has some injuries that you don't quite see, but he doesn't. He doesn't really pull out, or it doesn't affect him as much. And all his injuries seem seem extreme, and they. They really cost him, and that seems to be the way his style is taking its toll on, on his career. Maybe a little differently than we thought, but it is taking its toll. Yeah, that's the only historical thing I can say. I mean, Ferrer now is a footnote. You know, it's unfortunate he handled it really well. Ferrer said afterwards, "You know, I was lucky, and it's unfortunate. I feel bad for Rafa. I'm happy, and he played well. I thought I thought Ferrer was was um, he handled the whole thing as well as he as well as possible." Yeah, I think he's more a Jeopardy answer than a Robin Soderling of the right. 2009 franchise. No, it's not like Ferrer yeah. now becomes a big deal. Yeah, of course, yeah. Um, so I guess we can segue from that a little bit because the rest of the semifinals are set. Um, Andy Murray won before, so Ferrer gets Murray. Um, I know some people, I'm sure, will kind of will, will start to look at Ferrer in a little different light, whether, whether you think it's deserved or not but what about that match with Murray um I I feel like this is a the, I feel like the draw guys were um have been generous on Murray already in this tournament he avoided a lot of avoided pretty much all the big names and now he misses Nadal and um would only have to to get the major would only have to really go through one of the big three players yeah it's true he got he um missed Soderling by one now he misses Nadal by one. I mean, he should beat Ferrer. Ferrer. I mean, Ferrer's a guy who can, who will, will give him trouble. I expect Murray to win. He looked good against Dolgopolov today. Who, you know, Murray just looked incredibly solid and hard to beat. 
Um, there'll be a lot of long rallies in that match. I would still expect Murray to win. I don't know. I don't know what their head-to-head record is. Um, but um, yeah, maybe maybe Murray will luck out and Djokovic will be Federer. Who knows? But um, yeah, yeah. But uh, but the, but um, yeah, that one. That I'm sure Murray's a little. He's. I'm sure he's shocked, and, and I guess he's. I guess he must be pleased. Right. Yeah. Counterpuncher against counterpuncher in a way. Not really. It's it's certainly a different dynamic than. Well, that was today. I mean, Ferrer is more just grinder versus. Yeah. It was just baseline versus baseline, but they have different yeah. styles with the baseline. Right. Could be could be incredibly boring. <laughs> <laughs> that's. I hope it's not because that's actually the um, that's the lone match on. The day yeah. Of, yeah, that's the Friday. Where depending on where you are, but that's the second semi. Obviously, tonight's would have kind of been the more ideal one to have. Um, That's the lone match for that entire day where that the tournament must be must be crushed right now. That's the, yeah. That's uh, Craig, yeah. Tylee and them are probably not none too pleased. Um, so quickly, let's do the women's uh, semis as well because those are were set also from today's results. Um, the women who won t- uh, today yesterday. Kleisters and Zvonareva, they get the back-to-back scheduling. Um, mm. so they face each other, and the other one is Nali against Carolyn Wozniacki. Uh, I have a piece up on the site. I picked uh, Kleisters in what did I do? Kleisters in two and Caroline in three. Um, what do you think about those matches? I can see that. The one thing I'm, that I don't like is Kleisters has looked a little... Um... She's looked okay. She's won, but she's looked a little, I don't know, less than, less than energized. She gets, you know, sometimes she can come out in a set and play well, and then kind of go away. Just to call it go on walkabout. She, mm-hmm. she, um, she just has this, I don't know what it is, this thing that she maybe she just can't keep focused for that long. But these last two matches have struck me as like she could have easily lost sets that she she should have won. So I'm a little. She's still the best player in the tournament, but I'm a little leery of her, her the way she's been playing in these last two matches, even though she's won them. Um, the other one, Wozniacki and Na Lee Li Na. Um, I think I would take Li Na on her form, even though Wozniacki is is the um, steadier pick, and she showed a little bit of she showed some more, I guess, smarts and guts in her last match. Maybe that will maybe that will help, but we'll see. Yeah, I was thinking that might be a factor in it too. If if she ends up taking it, uh, that I think that's the first. The first match has got to be Wozniak. Mm-hmm. She played yeah, that day yeah. before. Yep, exactly. Um, so yeah, that's what uh, that's what transpired yesterday. And once the women's final is set, and we have a winner of the the latest Federer Djokovic match, Steve and I will reconvene and talk that over. So check it out on tennis.com. The next podcast. Thanks for listening. You've been enjoying Tennis.com's weekly podcast. Thanks for listening. For all the latest news and events, head over to Tennis.com.